catch up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com. Train up a child in the way they should grow and when they are old, they would not depart from it. This is one of the most famous quotes about training or raising children. But in this largely digital world where children seem to have more access to information than more parents do, especially in Africa, where there seems to be a great divide between the younger and older generation, there really is a lot to talk about. In Africa, parenting can be seen in different lights. An older parenting model which relied on culture and on questionable reasoning and submission of children to whatever comes forth from the parents and a younger parenting model which seems to be a lot more liberal. In recent times, due to harsh economic and social realities, there's an increasing number of parents who leave the education of their children to schools, family members, their peers, and even technology. What roles and impacts can parents truly and really play? Children learn from a lot of sources, from school, from technology, from their peers, and they also love to experiment. So who guides the children? Children during their formative years need all the education that they can get from all sources, but in a balanced quantity. Who gets to make this decision? While it is important to understand the rights of children, it is much more important to teach children these rights and responsibilities, knowing that it is easier to build strong children than to repair broken men and women. Is it even possible in the current harsh social and economic realities for African parents to intentionally raise children who can operate successfully in this digital world? In this episode, we discuss how to make African parenting more intentional in this digital world, we're joined by two professionals from the education sector who are also parents. First, we have a seasoned professional with about four decades of teaching and training experience with proficiency in early childhood education, school administration, British and Nigeria curriculum planning and performance assessment and monitoring. The founder and principal consultant at an educational consultancy company aimed at uplifting the standards and practice of early years in Nigerian schools called Havila Edu Consult Services, Philippa Okonji. Welcome. How are you doing? Very well, thank you. Good morning, everybody. Thank you for having me on. It's a pleasure to join on with you. Yes, mate, it's a pleasure to have you here too. We also have an educator and an administrator with over 20 years experience who is passionate about what and how students learn, especially children from birth to five years. She's a director of the Mary Vale School and a Teachers Academy Booknet Resources. She's a national coordinator of the International School Teachers and Directors Association in Nigeria, a strong advocate of the early years and foundation stage of proper development and learning, Juliana Odekian. Good morning, how are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. Thank you, Anthony, for giving us this opportunity to be online on this program. It's really great to have this discussion with two professionals and two educators. Now, there's a lot being said about the older model of parenting, forceful submission, etc. Now, what exactly are the implications of this kind of African parenting in this digital world? We'll start with Mrs. Juliana Odekian. Okay. That's a very, 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 very valid question for our time now. 
you'll find out that in time past, our parents did the best that they could, you know, in order to, you know, produce children who were strong, okay, strong-willed, of course, confident, and to a large extent, intelligent on their own. But these were based mainly on assumptions, you know, maybe assumptions from things that have occurred maybe once, twice, or has happened to someone else in the past. And, you know, you tell another person and then they base it on that, that, okay, this is what our tradition says. This is what our culture is. And so we use that to train our children. And that's what happens in the family setup, okay? So we use our tradition, our moral values to train our children in the past. And you find out that it's basically the same almost everywhere in the African setting, you know. So we look at our culture and our tradition, even till date, again, in training up our children. So I, and I think it works to a large extent those days because, you know, the setting and the period in which the children were trained mattered a great deal then. We're looking at modern times now. Many of those things may not work. So let's get to the formative years of a child. How important are the formative years of a child? You know, the famous quote I started with, train up a child in the way the child should go. And when the child grows up, the child would never depart from it. How important are these years? And can we pinpoint a number of years to say from this year to this year, these are very important years in a child's life? Mrs. Okonji. Okay. The formative years are very, very important years in the life of a child, in the life of everybody, because that is where we get to form a lot of habits. We form, we learn skills. We understand about boundaries and how to ensure that we do not go out of the boundaries, you know, set for us. We also learn how to get along with other people. Because really, even if it's a family where there's only one child, the child still gets to get into the you know, bigger world and mix up with other children. So this open uh, window in the growing of the child is very important opportunity for the child to learn about a lot of things. It is where parents need to put in a lot of effort to ensure that you know, the child understands who they are you know, about their culture, about who they are, and, you know, form the child's opinion about self. So these years are important in so many ways, in, in so many ways that sometimes we make, maybe we overlook it. But the truth is the child goes into the world with the knowledge, you know, that he has gained during these formative years. That is, you know, what he takes into the world, and that is what informs who he becomes or to a large extent, let me put it that way, to a large extent who he becomes. So the formative years are not years that we just take jokingly. Let me start from maybe from zero to five, okay? At this stage, children learn about getting along with people. They learn about courtesy, simple courtesy. They learn about um, expressing themselves. They learn about obedience, Okay, and they also learn about who they are, about their culture, about their values from home. Okay, so then by the time the child gets to like maybe seven to 13 or thereabouts, the child most times have gone into the bigger world. Okay, and is beginning to 
either put into practice what he has learned from home or he's beginning to look at other people and learn from them. That is in a condition where the home has not effectively done the job of parenting. So the child goes into the world, especially the teen ages. We all know how, in quotes, unruly those ages can be. So if the child has not gotten a very good foundation from home, he goes into his teen ages, you know, into a larger world and he sees other people, he's easily swayed. Okay, so that is why it is important that at this formative age, you know, for age of the children, the parents should be very, very hands-on. They should be all intentional about everything that they expect the child to do and know. Mm, okay, that's quite interesting. Now, there are a lot of jokes and write-ups and things have been said about the African parents. I just wanted to, you know, put this somewhere. Is it something like an African parent? Is there something called an African parent? <laughs> the thing is, maybe uh, we are looking at it that that's what we know. Because really, I'm sure parents all over the world may or must have had their own time, you know, when the children were not that enlightened. So they did things in the um, way their parents, you know, taught them, which to a large extent, may not be that applicable now. So we say African parents because when we know about the Africans, that is who we are, that is what we understand. So we say African parents. I'm sure it's the same thing all over the world. Mm, interesting. Uh, Mrs. Odekia, do you have any thoughts on the hashtag African parents? Okay. Let me quickly add this to what she actually said in the first, Mrs. Okoni said in the first question. I will want to add to the importance of the early years, you know, the formative years, which we regard as zero to five years. We are early years advocates, and um, we are particularly interested in what goes in and out of the children at the very early years. In fact, it's at this period that personalities are formed. Children are born with so many neurons called synapses, and at the very early years, stage and the foundation stage that is when these synapses the strong ones the ones that you know the children are exposed to this is what the children carry on throughout life meaning that their personalities skills are learned personalities are formed at this period of time and so it is very important that children at this age are exposed to skills and values morals things that are important for them to grow into responsible and, um, you know, prepared citizens. That is, to children who will grow up to become adults that are well-formed in terms of the physical, emotional, and social development. And then we also have a total well-being, meaning that we're not just considering the physical things or the emotional things. We're also considering things that have to do with the children's development. So we're not looking at just education or the way they behave but we're also looking at physical and their mental development so that's why it is very important for us to take absolute care in developing these children in helping them to develop properly at the formative years it's very important as against the african ideology that children at this formative age are empty or they know nothing what do they know well of course we have this adage most times parents will say what the children know children are empty they don't know so we need to start teaching them these things so 
You find that even before age five, the children can have the capability to do a lot of learning. However, in our African parent style, you have parents thinking that, number one, children are empty, they are stupid, or they need to be beaten, you know, or they need to be shouted at in order for them to do the right things, you know. So I think when you're talking about the African parents, we're talking about our parents' system of training our children, where we do all the shouting and then we think the children are not smart. We tell them everything to do. We give them steps. This is how I want you to do it. This is how we've been doing it since my father and my grandmother and my great-great-grandmother has been in existence. This is how we've been doing it and this has always worked. You can't do it the other way. So that's actually the African parent mentality that we're talking about. Not giving the children opportunity to air their views. Not giving the children the opportunity to explore opportunities around them. I guess that's what we're talking about when we're talking about the African parenting. Yeah, so there are a lot of misconceptions in this world where information is just everywhere. Now, how can parents and caregivers in this digital world help these children through their formative years? Let's start with Mr. Kunji this time. All right. One thing, you know, that has come to stay, you know, is this digital issue. So as parents, as caregivers, we have also to connect. We have to ensure to ensure that we are um, digitally um, literate. Okay, so we can't just you know let the children lose into the world without knowing what they are, they are going in there to, to you know to expect to explore. So for us to be able to help them, we have to also have a knowledge of what is going on. Most times you talk to parents and they do not have any idea about what is happening, you know, um, in the digital world. Mrs. Odekian, do you have thoughts on this? Okay, so like I always say, knowledge is power, knowledge is king. I think the important thing for parents to do, and even educators, anybody who has to do with children, who has anything to do with children, needs to acquire knowledge first on how to manage these children. Because the truth is, bringing up children must be an intentional act, must be a properly planned and intentional act in grooming our children. It's not something you just fall into. You must have an idea of who you are and what you want for your kids, okay, in the long run, who you want them to become in the long run. And then you work consciously to ensure that these um, goals are met. And so for every parent and caregiver, okay, of children, I expect that they have a good knowledge of what it takes or what the children, well, I mean, what the children need in order to survive or in order to achieve those goals. Now let's look at some of the things that parents would need or caregivers should look at in order to get the children prepared for life or in order to get them, you know, have a balanced adulthood, in order for them to have a successful um, time, their adulthood. And what are these things? We need to understand that children must be emotionally balanced. They must have um, a proper, a positive relationship with everyone around them. When they have positive relationship with people around them, they will never have issues of trust, okay? They will never have issues of trust. They will never have issues of love. If you look at some of the theories of, um, you know, of, um, of emotional uh, theories of learning and then theories of development in children, you have cases of 
children who lack love, children who don't trust because they themselves didn't get those things when they were growing up. So we need to focus at the needs that the children should, you know, should be that should be met in order for the children to achieve success in them, um, you know, their learning goals or in their development goals. So we're also looking at a good environment, okay? They must have the right environment to grow. And what are the things in the environment? The people in the environment, the places in the environment, the resources, everything around them. The environment must be right. If you want to grow a child who is well-behaved, of course, you must expose the child to an environment where people are well-behaved, people are role models, good role models, you know, because most times children pick up behaviors from their society, from their environment. So if you want a child to behave well, you don't just say it, I want you to behave like this. You also have to model it. So as parents, you find that our children are learning from their parents. They also learn from their teachers. They learn from their aunties and their uncles, from the environment in general. These uh, good behaviors or good morals must be, you know, modeled to the children so that they pick it up. It's part of the things that they learn from the society. So you see a child who is growing up and the child is so rude, is so saucy, you always say, look at that child's environment. It must be from somebody around them and of course is the person who plays a prominent role amongst from the, amongst the people around the child that the child looks up to so the child always looks up to the, the most caring or the person who's always around him or her and so the child learns those things those uh, things from the, from that person also we also need to ensure that we treat children equally we make them feel good we help them to you know, build their self-esteem. You know, a poor self-esteem will always, you know, give birth to children who are never sure of themselves, who are afraid, who are not confident. And in this society today, we need all of these attributes in order for us to survive. And then we'll give them opportunities to explore. Children also learn from play. They play from their mate, with their mates, they play with themselves, they play with gadgets around them. And, you know, when children already have these things in them, these good models in them, good morals, good values, you know, it is now easy for them to go on to the digital world to interact with people who they do not see physically, okay? People who they, didn't, they do not see physically and are able to relate with them the right way. So the truth is that the background behaviors, the formation, is very important in order for us to have a successful digital relationship with others. Interesting. Now, Mrs. Okonji, the Early Years Foundation stage, which you advocate for, set some standards for learning, development, and the care of a child from birth to five years old. But most of this work is usually left for the school or to the school. How important is it for parents to work with the teachers and other caregivers of their children to help raise these children in the right manner? There's this saying, you know, popular amongst us, maybe educators, that a child that is only educated in school is not an educated child, okay? What this literally really means is that the education of the children cannot be left alone, you know, for the educators. It has to start from home. And um, parents, you know, need to work hand in hand with the educators to ensure that the child gets a balanced kind of education 
Okay, so the teachers are doing so much to ensure that the child is settled in school and all that. But a child that is not well balanced at home, whose emotion is all over the place, who um, does not have trust, or who is being abused in one form or the other, abuses can be in different forms. It could be emotional, it could be physical, you know, in any way that the child is being abused. You find out that such a child comes to school and is not ready to learn. So yes, no matter how well the teacher has prepared, the child also has to be prepared from home, you know, before the teacher can impact what he want, what um, she has in store for the for the child. So we advocate that. Parents, you know, cooperate with the school to ensure that their children go up in a, in a wholesome environment. It is not the job of the teacher to do most of the things that is being left for them to do. Honestly, a lot is demanded of the parents. To be parents, it's not just about, you know, giving birth to children and all that. We have to intentionally be aware of the care of these children. So when they come to school, they are prepared, they are balanced in their emotion and in their physical development. Everything about them is ready to accept learning. Yes, the teachers, I must give it to them, they do a lot, a whole lot, because sometimes you go into schools and you see how much the teachers are doing, you marvel. But the fact still remains that the parents need to play their parts. Parenting is not something that can be outsourced. It has to be done intentionally by the parents. So they need to, you know, be up and doing. They need to be hands-on with the children. A child that has been taught a lot of things at home comes home. He needs, you know, to have an atmosphere where he can maybe explore, where he can share with the parents, where he's accepted to be able to practice some of those things, you know, that he's learning. But when the child is continuously, you know, shut down or being um, shooed away from doing some of the things he practices, then you find that the child is being limited. So we need parents to be intentional about the upkeep of their children. We need them to understand that these children, they are growing up, they have needs. They have emotions. They may be little, but they also have all the needs that the adults have. You know, sometimes, like Ms. Odekia said earlier, some parents don't believe that, oh, yeah, some parents don't believe that children have emotions or that their emotions count. But the truth is that it does, and a lot more. And the, the emotion also informs how they learn. So a child that is emotionally unbalanced, I've said this and I'll keep saying it, is not ready to learn. It's not prepared to learn. We need for parents to show there are some things that a child learns from home. So if this, and when the child learns those things, he comes out into the public and displays it. Where there is maybe a misconception or something that is not quite adequate, is being corrected. But when the child comes to school blank, you know, he doesn't have the basic needs that he needs to have gotten from home, then it becomes a huge challenge for the child because one is grappling with the things he needs to learn in school. He's also grappling with the things he is supposed to have learned from the home. So that's why sometimes, you know, children come to school and the parents complain, no, oh, my child is not learning anything because the child is sometimes maybe confused he was not prepared from school, uh, you know, from home, sorry. And so he comes to school, he sees other children. He may not be achieving as much as those children that are already, you know, prepared. So almost all the time we need to ensure 
you know, that our parents understand what the child is learning in school or what the child is supposed to be doing in school and cooperate. It is not the job of just one person. It is the job of both the teachers, or let me call it the educators, and the parents. It has to be a joint work for both, you know, by both, by both home and school for us to have a well-balanced child. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to catch up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com.